Next on The Ziggler Show, I asked listeners, if you had to spend $3,000 on coaching, consulting, or counseling today, under penalty of death, what area of your life would you pay to get help? Health and wellness, personal development, or business, work, career? Well, 40% said business, 33% said personal development, and 25% health and wellness. Tom Ziegler and I spent the bulk of our time talking through the comments, but here's a curious point of interest. I ask a follow-up question. If you could get a coaching or consulting or counseling package for the 10 people closest to you, and you had to pick the same for all of them, what area would you choose for all of them? 80% chose personal development and 20% health, zero business. Why would that be? We'll discuss it in just a moment. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, a top-ranked all-time career podcast in Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. In this show, we expound on Zig Ziggler's be, do, and have philosophy, meaning you have to be the right kind of person, then do the right things before you can expect to have what really matters in life. And we want you to have what matters. Also, check out my podcast, What Drives You, where we talk with people who have reached impressive achievements to ask what drove them, good and bad. And we dig into the very motives that drive us all with the goal of clarifying just what is driving you. Then in my True Life podcast, we want to get you fully functioning physically so your body doesn't hold you back. You can find all three of my shows in Apple Podcasts. Just search for Kevin Miller or go to my website, kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to The Ziggler Show, I invite you to visit Ziggler.com. Connect with Tom Ziggler and the Ziggler family about upcoming events and how they can come alongside you and help you inspire your true performance. Tom, I want to read through some of the responses, but as is usually the case, the thing that interests me initially is the culmination of the responses. So in asking this question about what, you know, what area of coaching, consulting, counseling today that people would get for themselves, here's the results. You ready? Business, 40%. They'd get help with business, work, career, though the majority of the people who actually responded, the details were, it was in regards to business, their own business, starting a business, uh, whatnot. So 40% personal development, 33% health and wellness, 25%. So as always, you know, it's a biased demographic. These are people who are out uh, to aspiring people out there to progress. So you would think that they all hopefully have some intentionality in each of these areas. So it was interest, interesting to say either one where people actually need the help. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Is it, do, do you, do you kind of counter or not counter, but overlay that these are results of where people need the most help or where we place a bigger priority? What do you think? I think it's both. I, I think if somebody feels like they're really lacking in something, they're going to pick that. If they feel like they're kind of equal in all areas, they're going to go with their priority. And, you know, we've been doing uh, goal setting and training in that area for gosh, five decades. And there's two, there's two goals that people always set. One's a health goal and one's a career goal. You know, it's about, 
getting in better shape or making more money. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So yeah, uh, it's probably whatever's ticking there, you know, that's that they feel like they're behind in right now that they're going to pick between those two. Well, here, let me, I, I'm as, I was going to say something, but let me read some of the responses before I do. I'm going to jump to the personal development one and read some of those. Jason Stein, he says, personal development, uh, it would be self-accountability. That's my, my current area of focus. Yana says, personal development, specifically becoming more mindful of how I spend my downtime when I am not working or working out, intentionally actively resting rather than picking up my phone. Um, Marvin, actually, no, let me, I'm going to come back to him. Susie says goal setting and lifestyle wellness. Uh, so personal development, Jennifer says, uh, specifically personal development, specifically how to align life goals with my time. I feel like I'm always in survival mode with the hours in the day and don't make good use of my time. Philip Hatfield, one of our Ziegler heroes, he said, personal development, Kathy Bosley, personal development. I want to make my mind as strong as possible and as healthy as possible. Now here, I'm going to, I saved three for the end here. Jeff Bayless, he says, I'm called to consider Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If we start with building the foundation for a meaningful life, the entropic spiral of doom can be diverted. In other words, I'd start with my own. He actually says, you know, health and wellness, but personal development, uh, and move the needle from there. Doing the internal work helps us bring out the best version of ourselves to every facet of life. And that's where I'm going with this. Chris McNall also said personal development by improving myself. I can improve everything else. And Marvin Pennick said personal development seems like effective coaching there would filter down. Personal development is foundational to work relationships, financial, spiritual, et cetera, et cetera. So there's my premise. I'm going to start off with because years ago, back when I had, it's when we met Tom and, and, uh, we started actually it's cause I, I was, you know, the self-employment guy, you know, helping people pursue self-employment. And I was looking for an idea. Let's get to know you. What are some ideas you have, some interests you have that fit you? Where's a good marketplace opportunity? Now I'm not going to make that sound simple or easy or minimize that at all, but we can do that. You know, we can find an area that you have some ability and capability interest. We can find a marketplace opportunity and we can create a business, create a brand, create a product service message and get it out there. We can do that. And as we were working on that, putting those pieces together, we would so often find people uh, lose momentum, get stuck. And where would it be? It was personal. It was dealing with their personal time management or their fear or, uh, you know, just uh, it's things from a personal nature, which is it's interesting that it, it, it's to come back to this. I am prone to look at overall at personal development as a priority or at least sequentially. I don't know, Tom, what do you think? Cause I can also go there with health and wellness, man. If your body and mind are compromised, man, everything else is. So it's hard to pick that and somebody else would say, yeah, but if you don't have money coming in, um, I don't know. What do you think? You know, I, it, it's like I keep going back to the both and answer. Uh, let's just look at it in our own coaching system with choose to win. We get clarity on the why. Yeah. And then we 
move from mental to spiritual to physical to family to personal, or I'm sorry, financial, personal, and career. So career actually comes last. But let's say somebody comes to us and they've got a real business challenge. Well, we're going to work with them on that business challenge. But the first thing that we're going to tap into is what's their mindset? What's their mental picture of their business? Because if the root is, I'm an imposter, I probably shouldn't be doing this anyway. You know, this is the fifth time and I I failed the other four times. I'm going to fail this time. Then it's going to be very difficult to say, execute this plan because they're going to sabotage it along the way. Yeah. And then I was working with a, uh, uh, or I have friends with another uh, consultant, and, and I said, "What are you?" He says, "Well, I'm a coach, but I call myself a, a, a results consultant, and he charges a lot of money." And I said, "What do you do?" And he goes, "The same thing you do." And then he said, "This it really just all boils down to relationships, and if the relationships at home were going sideways." That's a problem. If your relationship with yourself, the way you see yourself, the way you think and the way you believe about who you are and what's what's possible is is out of balance. Then. So I love the answers of, hey, you know, if you get if you focus on the personal, which for me is primarily the mental aspect of it, then you're going to be in a much better position because. How many times have we seen somebody who had all the capacity, capability, intelligence, wisdom, resources, and they just don't do it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's end on business because, and I'll go to health and wellness. So it was chosen last, you know, Sarah Brown, she said, health and wellness. I'm completely off track. Wendy Melrose fitness, Scott Vaughn, health and wellness. Uh, R.B. Williams. For me, it would be health and wellness. I would want to be my best self, which in turn would lead to more personal development and a career I want to do. Not one I have to do because I need medical insurance. Greg, health and wellness. Brian, fitness. Luke Johns. He says, even though I have a health and wellness degree, I would still choose counseling in the area of health and wellness. I know that without keeping my health and well-being in check, my efforts in career and personal development suffer. I'd love counseling in all three areas, but I feel that accountability and personalized encouragement in health, specifically functional medicine guidance for my chronic issues would be the most rewarding overall. I have found that pursuing career and personal goals is only worthwhile if I'm able to experience it in my best health. You know, that's a big one for me, Tom. I mean, I am very health and wellness focused. I'm very intolerant of feeling poorly I place so much value on the energy that I get from being fit and well, that then allows me to go do everything else. And I do sometimes struggle with people who are in poor shape physically, which includes by proxy mental. I mean, our, that's always one of the myths I like to talk about that. We have this thought that we can be uh, a, you know, sack of potatoes on a, on a a chair and still get the best out of our brains. And we know that our brains, our hearts, our guts, I mean, everything is so intrinsically connected. And for the person out there who is in bad shape physically 
and is still getting some decent work out of themselves, man, that's awesome. We're great at survival. I would venture to say that one, you could get more out of yourself if you were healthy and well, or you'll get more out of yourself longer. I mean, there is going to be a consequence to that. So health and wellness, I tend to, yeah, again, talking about sequentially, I'll tend to put first as a, as a priority, but not, you know, not most important, uh, as well. So it's, you know, you're back to that, you know, chicken or the egg question, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think I'm probably just going to echo, uh, what you said, but also, and, and this is, so being in the, you know, I tell people, Kevin, I've been in this business for 56 years. I was born into it. Yeah, you were. I can remember dad speaking about health and wellness from the very beginning and his commitment to it. And then he set the example uh, for as long as he was able, he worked out uh, three, four, easily five times a week, very, very consistent in it. And this is what I'll say. There is, uh, there are very practical short-term reasons. And then there's very practical long-term reasons. And this is what I've noticed. And that is, is that, if you're in a health crisis, if you are uh, so worn out or in such bad shape that it it kills your energy, there's nothing better than you can do in the short term to turn that around. Yeah. Right. If that's your only one priority is eating right, exercising, getting the right amount of sleep. And there's two other things on this uh, that we've added and, and talked about. One is loneliness. Uh, more people die of loneliness every year than everything else. It's, it's because of the cascade. And then the other is stress, you know? So if you're in constant, um, you know, anxiety and worry and stress about things, that's going to impact your health. So we can't look at a health coach and say, Hey, yeah, I just need to lose 10 pounds and, you know, run a, a nine minute mile of a sudden night, you know, we gotta, we gotta look at the overall impact. The problem with only doing that is if you don't change your mindset and your internal belief about who you are and how that is part of you now for the rest of your life, it's it's usually at best a four to eight week sprint. And what we need is a long-term lifestyle. We need health forever, right? It's it's like... uh, Dr. Dr. James says, none of us can be well, but we can all be weller. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we could we yeah. could be we can be in better shape uh, tomorrow than we are today by the choices we make today. And <clears throat> so I'm all in it. So when I'm working with somebody and they say right out of the gate, I really want to focus on the physical, I'm a hundred percent behind it. But I also come right back in and say, we've got to, you know, we've got to change your view of the physical, your mindset, your perspective, your perception of it, because it's just got to become you. Yeah. You know, you talk about short-term and long-term goals, there, perspective. That's one that we've been talking. Well, you've mentioned Dr. James. So yeah, folks, if you haven't tuned in to the true life podcast with myself and Dr. Randy James, a functional medicine expert, as Luke Johns mentioned, functional medicine, my doc and Tom's doc, uh, please do. But we've been talking a lot about when you, there's so many headlines about lifespan, right? And about, Hey, lifespans increased or lifespans decreased that it's a soapbox of mine. We're talking about the time when your heart 
ceases to beat. That's what they're talking about. Lifespan. And man, whether that fluctuates five years up or down, I personally could care less. What I care about is my health span. However long my life span is going to be, I want my health span to last that entire time. And we have more and more and more people. Our health span is decreasing rapidly in America. And we have people who may live to whatever lifespan, to whatever age, but man, their health span ended long before that. And as Randy talks about, and it's the most daunting term to me, we linger. And I don't want to linger in immobility and dementia and cognitive decline and and whatnot. And one other, one other thing I wanted to pull out there, you mentioned your dad, Zig Ziglar, being the example, uh, is that, and this is a touchy subject, but it just is legitimate. His story that I think I've played on the show, played on a clip, I'm, I'm not sure, but I want to say that I did, is he did get to a time where he did get out of shape and he gained a bunch of weight. And his, I really appreciate that his catalyst was looking in the mirror and saying, man, this is not or what was the story? Did he do that or did somebody question him on it? So he was, uh, of course, dad loved to eat and he had a sweet tooth. And he, when you travel a lot, you don't get uh, the choices. Yeah. And, you know, he played in, in high school and college. He was very athletic, played a lot of sports and uh, played tennis, you know, in his younger life and loved golf. But when he started writing the book, See You at the Top. So this is early 70s. Um, he wrote something in the book that said, you can be what you want to be. You can do what you want to do. You can go where you want to go. And <laughs> he just had this image of somebody coming up to him and taking their finger and sticking it in his 42 inch waistline, like poking him in the belly and saying, Zig, do you really believe that? Is this how you want to be? <laughs> And then he realized, wait a second, if this is the message I'm going to carry, if this is what I'm going to teach from the stage, then I have to walk it out myself. And so that was his uh, catalyst. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and this episode on where we would want coaching help in our lives. Next, we get further into health and wellness, and I hit on an interesting stat that really, my experience, people who pursue health and wellness more for the wellness in and of itself generally have more long-term success keeping up with it than those who are interested in pure aesthetics. That's what's coming up next. And I know that's, again, it's, and that's not the point of the show here, but I do look at it as good or bad. We have so much about body shaming these days and healthy body image and think well of yourself, no matter what weight you are. And man, I get that. It is though. People do judge a book by its cover. People who are taller make more money. That is so unfortunate, but it's just true. We can't change it. Men are generally, you know, more money. I mean, there's, there's so many things. It's the same thing with health and wellness and how you look, if you're fit and trim or not, it's an opportunity cost. So no judgment, shame, no, whatever. But we, I say it's irrefutable to say it is an opportunity cost. You want more opportunity uh, for yourself. You're going to do well by, you know, looking the part aside from now I say that. And I'd also say, I would wish for people that that is the, the minority value that you're working for because the people that I see who do achieve and maintain their health and wellness, the, the best are those who are mainly concerned about just their wellness. I just want to feel good. 
and function good. Those are the people who maintain it. The ones who do it just for the aesthetic don't tend to have as good a result. Well, hey, business then. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't know how you did it, but you brought up a politically correct area. Did I? Uh, Yeah, you talked about body shaming and uh, all those different things. And I just want everybody to hear this, that as a uh, somebody who a lot of people come to me for advice, it has created a little bit of a touchy situation about how you answer questions like that. Yeah. Right. And so I've come to the conclusion in my own mind, how I'm going to answer it. And I always side on, I want the best for that person in front of me. That's what I want. I want them to, to become the best person possible. And so your, your body shape, how tall or short you are, if you have uh, had an, a disability or an accident, none of that matters, right? Um, but what does matter is, is what you're doing, increasing your health or decreasing your health. Yes. Is what you're doing giving you more capacity to to make a difference in the lives of the people that God puts in your path? Right. That's that's the answer to me. And and so when somebody says, well, what do you think I should do? I say, well, that should be driven by your purpose. Why are you here? What do you want to do? Yeah. And so I said, you know, just look at a habit, good or bad. If you kept if you did more of that, or if you did less of that, would that make it easier for you to make a difference in the lives of other people? Would you have more energy? Would you have more stamina? Would you have more mental clarity? That's what it comes down to. And so and there's all kinds of, of decisions. And so there's all these narratives in our, in our society today, whether it's uh, weight or fitness or, or ethnicity or race or all these things and, you know, all these theories and all these isms that are out there. But when somebody comes to me and says, I've got a question, what should I do? I'm going to try to say, what do you want to do? What are you called to do? What's going to give you the greatest? What's going to unlock your greatest potential? What mindset is going to it's going to allow you to overcome the biggest barriers. Yeah. Right. And so I see this all the time. I'll, 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 I'll see people say, well, you know, it's just the way it is. I'm in this category and I just have to live with it. And I'm like, well, who created the category and who said you have to live with it? Yeah. <laughs> what if you did it anyway? And then we have people on the Ziegler show who climb mountains and they're blind. I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> yes. I mean, is he in the category of blind or is he in the category of mountain climber? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or is he in the category of, I can do it anyway? Yep. And that's, that's what I want to encourage, is I want to encourage that self-image, that belief that uh, until I stretch myself and until I press in against whatever's in my way and do it anyway. And when I do it anyway, does that inspire and serve the people around me? Cause really I, th- I think whether you have faith or no faith, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty universal that we derive our meaning and our purpose out of serving our fellow human being. 
And anything that limits our capacity to do that, I kind of go, that's probably not a good choice. I, I agree. And I want to name who you were referring to there, Eric Weinmayer. Uh, so if you look, his name's really hard to spell, but it's actually pronounced Weinmayer. It looks like Weihenmeyer or something like that. But he is, gosh, what is his company? It's uh, like No Challenge or something. Do you remember? Um, something like that. No, yeah, we had, we've had him on the show. It's been a while, but he's blind. Uh, he, he lost his sight as a kid. He's blind and he has hiked Mount Everest. He has kayaked the Colorado river through the, uh, the, the grand Canyon. Uh, it's unreal. And, you know, I want to pull, I want to make a, a point of that, Tom, because we so often do that. And I I've actually said that no matter where you are, no matter what place in life you are, no matter what hardships you have, no matter what limitations, what do you have going against you? There's somebody who has done more with less. Now we say that though. And like that, you know, here's a guy climbing Mount Everest and he's blind. And I think it's real easy to feel shame like that. Like, yeah, that's, you know, here I am complaining and somebody has it worse. And I, I really, I double stink now because now I'm being negative and I know I don't have any reason to, cause he's blind and he did it, whatever. But if we could just flip that around, because it should be, if we were doing looking at it healthily, it should be helpful and motivating and inspiring to us say, man, I am struggling with my, as you said, Tom, my capacity, my capability, what I think I'm capable of. Here is somebody who has less going for them, has a harder way and they've done it, man, that should give me hope that I do have some power to progress. I may need help. And I don't need to minimize my issues at all. Uh, but man, to, to not take it and feel shame for it, but to feel hope. That's the point in that. And I, but I get it. I, ra- I raise my hand. I understand. I often look at people and, and I can take that concept of somebody who did more with less and feel shame. And I've got to proactively turn around and go, no, that is something that can give me hope. But by nature, we tend to go to shame. So I wanted to, I wanted to throw that out there too. I'm on his website right now, and it's uh, the header is overcoming fear. So I don't, I don't oh, see. The, no, I think it was no barriers might have been the book. No barriers. That's also in there. Okay, yeah, he's got no barriers life. Yeah, he's got a couple, and he's got. I'll tell you, folks, he's, it's an it's a you know personal development is what you get out of it. But the books are pretty sizable, and they're great stories of literally. Here's what happened with a blind dude going up Mount Everest or kayaking the Grand Canyon. And so he's got a few books uh, and, out there. And by the way, uh, he's not blind and also uh, missing the, the fear gene. He's got fear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's, you know, you look, you look at some adventure people and it seems like they didn't get the fear gene, right? That's not Eric. He's, he's dealing with it and overcoming it, right? He's doing it anyway. Oh, I asked him, I said, man, doing climbing Mount Everest. I mean, that's ridiculous, you know, but he's got a guide. He can walk, but to kayak the Grand Canyon. I said, that is nuts. And he said, (laughs) and I remember his response. It was something around the fact of, yeah, that was nuts, man. It was (laughs) totally ridiculous, but, but he did it and used it to, to help impact a lot of people. Well, so business, that's the one that we got. Uh, the most, you know, 40% people said that. And, uh, Anthony Thomas was starting a business, Christine Apple. She said, starting a business and new skills like to improve my speaking skills. She says, I'm learning a lot with your dad and others at the 48 Eagles, 
Uh, 48 Days Eagles. And so she's talking about my dad, Dan Miller. Evan Herman, he says, business, my podcast, my real estate, ministry. I'm doing a lot of things and I want to learn how to be more productive in all of them. Figure out metrics, which you talked about in a show we recorded yesterday, Tom, and ways to accomplish them and tweak the actions I'm taking uh, to be most productive. Faye Bryant, business. I need to map out a plan that I can see and work on step by step uh, with three prongs. I end up in chaos, getting nothing done. This was interesting. Chris Johnston, he said persuasion. And I responded back, said, well, learning how to be more persuasive. And he said, absolutely. I'd have trouble marketing air conditioners in hell. I had had not heard that one before I heard, you know, ice to an Eskimo, but this is a better twist on it. I like that. Uh, I like it too. I do too. Uh, Lori Sellers, uh, she said business work career, specifically starting a business. I'm good at ideas, but not so good at the minutia involved in bringing these ideas to life. I can see the big picture and the steps needed to get to that point, but I tend to get bored with the details and struggle with follow through. Renee uh, business, Tim Tupper business. He says, but just barely over health since I've had so many challenges in that department. Uh, I know Tim, he's the brother to, uh, a teammate that we raced professionally, uh, cycling together. Uh, but Tim's been in the military. He's gone through a lot of health challenges, cancer being one of them. He says, I'll take the business training though. So I can get going uh, since I've, I'm opening a business soon. Um, Stephanie weeks, business, David trees. He says business work career. Health and wellness advice has never been easier or or has has never been easier if I just do a little elbow work. Personal development space has tons of books and resources like what we provide. But he said business work career is not straightforward. There's tons of details that impact it. Uh, And Jessica Smith Moyer also said business. Um, That is one. You know, I I do want to poke at that a little bit, Tom, that. I'll just get your, your take on it. You do. I mean, you, you know, at Ziegler does a lot of business consulting. Obviously you do a lot of executive consulting. You and Howard Partridge run, uh, the business coaching sector there. And so you work with that a lot, but I want to take that just at face value business, right? So here we are, we're all regular people and we decide that, and we all need to work. We all need to, to, to earn an income. And we also want to do something that's fulfilling, Uh, with our days, regardless of whether we need the money or not. And we look at business and that's a big word. And this is probably a whole other show, but I just want to hit on it at least. It's a, it's a big word. And we look at that and go, okay, I have to become a business person. You and I talked about this a couple days ago. And so I'll just be candid here, folks. I am not a great business person. If you look at business overall, it has a lot of parts. I mean, think about a big company. Do you have anybody and you, you come in and they say, yeah, I got a big company. Oh yeah. What do you do? Oh, I'm CEO and COO and CMO and CFO. I mean, of course not. They have their area that they do. And yet, you know, if you're starting a business, sure, you've got to come in, but there have never been more resources today to get help in every area and to find out where in business do you do well, and Tom, I'm sure you've got lots of examples of people who own a business, but they're not all the CEO or even the president. They, they may hire somebody to run their business while they're over here doing their part. You get the, the idea here. I want people to hear, though, when you're looking for business coaching, consulting, that not everybody has to become a professional business person overall. You do need to figure out how to make a business work 
within the, is it fair to say the confines of what you do have some ability in and even the capacity to learn well, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I just started thinking about the, the business owners that we've worked with. And of course, Howard Partridge, uh, he carries the water on all the business metrics, whether it's marketing or sales or operations or the, you know, the how to's of systems and everything. And you go through cycles and, you know, you're at first you're the startup, right? You're the bootstrapper, you're doing it all. And then maybe you, you know, somebody in the family starts working for you, your spouse kicks in and then you hire your first outside team member and you grow some more. And all of a sudden your responsibility just keeps going up and up and the needs of the business, a smaller and smaller percentage of what the business needs is actually what you're really good at. Right. Because if you've got, you know, you're solopreneur and you're kind of making it go uh, and it's all about you and your personality and everything. And then as you grow the, the scale of complexity suddenly outpaces your individual ability to do it anyway. And so I was jumping into the future. And one of the things that I see, uh, of course, ours is a family owned business and, and, you know, multi-generational. So when businesses transition into a legacy where they leave the business to the next generation, the kids or the grandkids, there's usually a ton of strife and turmoil. If you have a very strong founder who's really built something from nothing, he's, he, he or she has created something that's really going, there's a very, very uh, small likelihood that one of the kids or grandkids is going to be that same exact human being gifts and talents. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Everybody's unique. And so there seems to be this block that says, I should, you know, that, that people say I should be able to do it all. And even if I can't do it all, I should be the one telling others who can do that, how to do it. (laughs) But there's a maturity that sets in where you say, you know what, the fastest way to the next destination is to get the best person available who's really good at this and turn them loose. Yeah. Let them do their deal. You know, have checks and balances. Make sure that, you know, it's in perspective and things are, you know, congruent with everything you want. But as soon as we recognize the gifts and talents God's given us and we spend our energy trying to support and grow those, and this, this for me was a turning point in my uh, leadership. And that was recognizing uh, firsthand what my blind spots are. As soon as I figured out and gave credence to my blind spots and then gave my permission to seek out people where that's not their blind spot, my life got a whole lot easier. <laughs> right. And so in this own survey, I wouldn't pick a business coach because I got a business coach. I got Howard Partridge and he, we are mirrors of each other's uh, or the opposite as far as blind spots go. And so it's a great relationship. That's who I go to. Uh, I tell him, Hey, this is my vision. This is, this is what I want to accomplish. Make sure that we don't lose money. And then if we can make sure we make money. It's a good business plan. <laughs> yeah. And so he looks at it and he goes, sometimes he says, he says, chief, we can't make any money here. And then I go, okay, 
<laughs> and then I go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Sometimes he'll say, we can make money here, but here's how we'll have to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Right. And so that's what you've got to do as you, one of the best things to ask your coach. So if you're going to go out and get a coach and they know what they're talking about, say, look, in a few, you know, in a few sessions after you, we know each other, I want you to help me identify my blind spots. Because if you got, if you know what your blind spots are, as soon as you go off the rail and you start digging into an area that's in your blind spot, the little alarm goes off on the inside. Yeah. And for me, what that means is I'm going to get the information. I'm not going to commit and I'm going to go to the expert in this area. That is one, you know, I want to point out a quick resource that we're going to be talking about more because I'm having him on the show. I just talked with you about it, Tom, Jonathan Fields probably was on the show three years ago or more. He's the good life project has a really popular podcast and he has just come out with, well, no, it hasn't even come out yet as of this publishing. I think it comes out late September, 2021 book called sparked, but it's about the type that sparks you. And it really is focused on work. What is the thing in work that sparks you? And I'm going to go towards where is your greatest you know, skill, gift, capacity, ability, but focused on work. And so as we are all looking at our businesses, it does a great job, I think, of showcasing within your business, this is the role you are going to succeed in uh, best and also that's going to be the most fitting for you. And I think it's really good to know because you may need to fulfill some other roles, but to realize, man, those are going to be draining on you and you need to make space for that or those are the areas you're going to want to try to delegate uh first so if you can take the assessment and, f- and get a lot of information it's totally free just give them an email address of course at sparktype.com and it's s-p-a-r-k-e type.com t-y-p-e.com s-p-a-r-k-e t-y-p-e.com and he'll be on the show here in the coming weeks and we'll talk more but it's a neat Neat piece. All right. One more thing, Tom. So the question that I asked, it was a follow-up question to this one was if you could get a coaching, consulting, counseling package for other people in your life. And I said, the 10 people closest to you, you had to pick the same thing for all of them. What would you choose? Um, And I'm not even going to go into the responses because what's interesting to me is just the percentage. So again, if we go back up and when I said, what would you as an individual for yourself, where would you get coaching, counseling, consulting help? People said 40% business, 33% personal development, 25% health. When I asked, what would you get for other people? 80% said personal development. 20% said health. Zero for business. So, so if we handed that, can you imagine? So if you, if we, if we were in essence saying, if we handed everybody $5,000 and said, okay, that is to gift that or, or, or five, or, you know, $50,000, $5,000 times 10 people, you're going to go out and give that money, but you have to decide, you have to give it to the person, a gift certificate for coaching, counseling, consulting for an area of their life. Nobody said that they would give it for somebody for business. Only 20% said even health, 80% said personal development, just kind of an interesting take on how we see the needs maybe of ourselves and how we see the needs of others. 
I thought that was pretty interesting, Tom. What do you think when you hear that? Yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it's very, very interesting. I'm glad you asked that follow on question because here's, here's what I think that I'm reading out of it is internally we get our identity out of the success of what we do. Yeah. And so that's why we think other people are judging us on how successful we are in our career or our business. Wow. And then what we turn around and we say, well, the people that I know and love and care about, and I would give this to what's important for me about them is that they're happy and healthy. (laughs) That is really insightful because what it brings up is it, it really brings up the Ziegler be do have. So what you're saying is we judge ourselves tend to look at ourselves by what we do business work career, but what do we want for other, what are we concerned about with other people? What they be, what they be, who they, who they be. That is very insightful, Tom. And very, and then I just, I don't know if we've done a show in the last year where I haven't mentioned uh, rabbi Lappin's quote where he says, the opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is purpose. purpose. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, the politically correct talk we had about body shaming and everything else. Well, the justification of, of, of some of that political correctness is, Hey, people have a right to be happy. And if that makes them happy, who is us to judge? The problem is, is that, in that, in, if that's the case, are those people truly happy for the long haul? I mean, do they, do they go to bed at night saying, you know what, today was awesome. I, I served and added value to as many people as possible because of all of my choices. And so to me, that's the difference is we have a responsibility to, to help people step into their purpose. Yeah. Right. That's, that's to me is our responsibility. Uh, not their happiness, their purpose. If we can help them into their purpose, happiness follows. Okay, that was a good mic drop. We'll leave it right there. Thanks, brother. Thank you. So how about you? Where would you get help if forced? Business, personal development, health and wellness, and then to ponder, nobody's going to force you. It's just you deciding how important growth and progress is. Uh, And again, if you're now thinking and maybe you do want to pursue help in one of these areas, I'd be honored to recommend some providers in my golden Rolodex. Just email me at kmiller at kevinmiller.co. Coming up in episode 919, we hear the habits of our innovation expert, Doug Paul from episode 917. And really interesting, it came when I asked him about his spiritual habits and he talked about our propensity with those, but really you can extrapolate it to all habits, that we create our plan for our habits and our routines, right? Our healthy uh, habits and routines, and we plan them on a peacetime 
status. Like this is what we do with everything's okay. And he goes further and creates a plan for his wartime status, meaning the day when everything goes haywire, but you're going to make sure you don't skip these specific habits. What do you do then? Really like that perspective. That's what you'll hear in the next episode. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.